Good morning, y'all. Man, I missed last week, man. I tell you, I miss not coming to church. I just love, I just love being in the house of God. I just, and I don't know about, see, I mean, and you may think, well, because you're the pastor. You know, there's just something that, like, this whole week just felt different because I, I miss my fellowship with my people and with, and with my God in a, in a corporate level. So let me uh, just say this while I got, like, all this paper in here. I just want to remind you guys, and it was on there, that Usually we do the men's breakfast at the end of the month. It's usually the last Saturday, but it's going to be, instead of the last Saturday, it's going to be this coming up Saturday. So, yeah, super excited about that. And super excited about this sermon series that we're going to be going into called Risen. He is good. He is good. Let's just pray, because I believe the Lord wants to speak some life to us this morning. Pastor Joy had a, a great word last week. I listened on SoundCloud. It was, it was really good. And I believe the Lord just wants to continue to speak life to us. So Lord, we just, Father, we just place ourselves in a position to receive from you this morning. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I'm, Lord, I'm just your vessel, your conduit, your instrument. Lord, would you speak? God, through your servant this morning, Lord, and God, uh, if you can, God, remove, God, things that that need to be removed, and let me just, God, just speak what you want to speak. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name, and all the saints said together, Amen. Amen. Dude, I'm like, I'm super excited. I just had, I just want to share this before I get into this. Man, I had an encounter with the the Lord this morning, and it was awesome, because it was something that that I really needed. And it's kind of funny because sometimes what happens is in, in our, I've been, I've been serving the Lord for 18 years this year. It's pretty awesome. I got saved, and I, I just say this to boast in, in how good and how awesome and the grace of our God. When I was 18 years old, years old, I committed my life to Christ, and this year I've been serving the Lord for 18 years. And so it's just, I, I've got this like excitement inside of me because of just how good God is. And... I remember when, when I first committed my life to Christ, I used to have all kinds of, of encounters with God. I mean, God would mess me up here, he'd mess me up there. I mean, I was just getting wrecked by God all over the place. I mean, I mean, there's snot uh, spots that are probably ingrained on the floor in here, over there, back there. I mean, back when we had bleachers up there. And, and I mean, because there's just, when you have this hunger and this desperation, man, God just meets with you in powerful ways. And... Um, and, and so I just had God, you know, I just had God just do something really powerfully this morning. It's something that hasn't happened to me in a long, long time, probably since I first got saved. I felt, I mean, the Lord came on me with a spirit of joy and I just like laughed hysterically for like 10 minutes. It was awesome because I'm telling you, because what does he do? Because what weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know what I mean? And, and I couldn't, you know what I mean? And, and nobody was around, and, and it wasn't, you know, like a display, you know, like trying to put... No, man, it was me and God, and I just could not stop laughing. And I felt him just, again, just remind me how much he loves me and that he's for me. And so I'm just, I'm just empowered with this message to let you know that God is for you this morning. He's for you. He's got your back. We're doing this series on Risen, and so this, our series scripture is found in Luke chapter 24, verse 6 and 7, and I love what it says here. It says, He is not here. He has risen. Remember how He told you 
while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. What were they doing? They were searching for a dead Jesus in the tomb. And the angel of the Lord was there and brought a, a, a message and said, He is not here. He is risen. And so, so we're going to be talking about, for the next few weeks, about this. And the word risen, if you define that, this is what it means. It means to move from a lower position to a higher one. To come or go up. So, so risen means to come up. Friends, God is bidding for us to come up. He's bidding for us to come up this morning. He's bidding for us to come up every day. Not only was Christ raised to life, but friends, we are raised to a new life in Christ. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 talks about this. It says, we were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death, and just as uh, Christ was raised from the dead, uh, we too will be raised. And it says we will have, I like what it says, it says a new life. Say new life. life. We'll have a new life. So not only was Christ raised to, to new life, friends, when we are with Him, friends, He raises us up to new life. That was Romans chapter 6, verse 4, if you were trying to write that down. And friends, we need to raise some other things in our lives. Do you know that? We need God to raise some things in our lives. Say, I need God to raise some things, a lot of things, in my life. Of course, we do need Him to raise a lot of things, but we're going to just talk about three things that, that He needs to raise. Because if He can raise these three things, friends, it will actually encompass raising more things. So number one, the first thing that we need God to raise is our hearts. Say our hearts. Why our hearts? Well, our heart is, as it says in Jeremiah chapter nine or Jeremiah chapter seventeen and verse nine, our heart is deceitful above all things, beyond cure. Who can understand it? So if our heart is deceitful, another translation would say it's deceitfully wicked. If our heart is deceitfully wicked, what does our emotions and our will come out of? Our hearts. So then what can be deceived? Our hearts. What else can be deceived? Our will and our emotions. Pastor Joy last, last week shared about how uh, her emotions was to have a fourth, her fourth child justice to be a girl and, and, and all this stuff. And what happened? She, and she shared... I'm not sharing anything that she didn't share. She shared how her emotions, what? Led her astray. Right? Do you know that can happen to us? And that's why the heart is deceitfully wicked. It's, it's deceitful above. It will lead us astray if we're being led by our heart. This is why we pray, not my will, but your will be done. Have anybody here ever prayed that? Okay. If, if, if you are a follower of Christ for any point in time, I guarantee you, when you start lining yourself up with the Word of God and lining your life up with the will of God, that prayer is going to come out of your mouth. Because you don't want, you know, you know how to mess things up pretty good by yourself. And you know that if God does what He wants to do, it will work out a lot better for us in the, in, in the long run. But do you know what's so funny about this when we pray this prayer? Do you know that G- this is a prayer that Jesus prayed? Do you know that? 
It's found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. Jesus himself, he prayed this. Check this out. This is what's so cool. He prayed this prayer, being fully human and fully God, and, and this is what he prayed. He said, going a little further, okay, all of his apostles, they're sleeping. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, not yet as I will, but as you will. What is he saying? Not my will be done, your will be done. But what did he say before that? He's saying, God, if you can, take this from me. What is he praying? Friends, he's praying out of his own emotions and his own soul. He's, he's praying because it why? He doesn't want to be crucified. He doesn't want to, to go through all the suffering and he's actually asking, God, will you take this from me? How many of us know that Jesus never sinned? Absolutely. Do you know there's times that we can pray and, and you know what? And even in our own prayer, it's what? Out of the soul. But I like, I like kind of, if, if anyone here ever seen, I'm sure you have, the, the passion, and you see like the struggle in Gethsemane, and you can see, and he's like, and, and it says, you know, great uh, sweat drops of blood came. I mean, he was in such agony. I mean, this wrestling that was going on, and I like kind of like in the middle of that, that scene, and it's, it's not in the Bible, but it's just kind of a fun visual, and he stomps on that snake, and he says, your will be done. I love it. Because why? Because, man, our will has, the, has a way of, 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 of snaring around us, and then we find ourselves doing what we want. And then we're praying, and then we're, our life is, Lord, not your will, but my will. <laughs> there are times, friends, let me tell you this, there are times when God will take the cup. Do you know that? There's times when God, whatever that cup might be in our life, there's times God will, will take it. In Jesus' case, his cup obviously was the cup of suffering, torture, and death. But friends, maybe our cup is the storms that we're going on in our lives. And there's times that God will take the cup. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 through 26. The disciples, they're in the boat. Okay? Let's read about this. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up in the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. <laughs> In reading that, understand, God is not shaken by our storms. He was sleeping. I don't know about you, many of us, I mean, we can't sleep through, you know, a, a little bit of uh, noise that happens in our house. And he's sleeping through a storm. It's pretty incredible. Verse 25, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. How many of us have ever came to the Lord like that? Lord, save me! Help me! That's what they're doing. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Friends, there are times that God will what? He will take that cup from you. There's times he will do that. You cry out, and you're like, God, I'm in this storm. I need your help. He's like, okay, son. Whoosh. Okay, daughter. Whoosh. And then you're like, it's gone. There's times he does that. Those are fun. But there are times when, when the storms come that he doesn't want to take the cup from us. But there are times when he bids us to come out to him in the storms. 
There's another, there's something else that happened. There's another storm that happened in the disciples where they're actually in the boat again. And it's in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 24. I want to read this one verse and then I'm going to read the whole story. But this is what it says. It says, the winds and the waves buffeted against the boat. They buffeted. What's that word mean? The word buffeted, that word actually means, buffeted means to uh, strike repeatedly, violently batter. It also means to knock someone off course. So sometimes the storms in our life are beating against our life to do what? To violently uh, batter us that we might get knocked off of course. Do you know that? And I've seen that happen all too often with the storms in somebody's life. Man, they were getting battered. The winds and the waves of this life were just beating against them. And what? To throw them off course. And it did. But friends, in the midst of, of this... In the midst of this, there are times when we want to escape and run, and actually God is calling us out to come. We're like, Lord, take this cup from me. I want to escape this. And He's saying this. He's saying, no, I don't want you to run. I want you to come. Let's read it. It's in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 30, or uh, verse 14, 25 through 33. It's a little bit of scripture here. We're going to read it together. It says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, remember I read verse 24? Remember the, the waves and the winds are, are beating and battering against the boat? But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Jesus replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. What did he say? He said, It's too dangerous for you out here, Peter. Stay, I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm coming. Wait, wait, son. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I'm coming. No. He said one word. Come on. See, your, see your, your ship, your boat is getting battered and busted against. The winds and the waves are batting against them. And he's not saying, stay in that shaky boat. I'm coming to you. No, come on, son. You want to you come to me. Don't run. Come. Come to me. I'm standing on the water. I'm standing by faith. I want you to stand in faith next to me. Come. Come stand on the water with me. Are you getting this? <laughs> But, of course, so he did, right? Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. We can pause right there because we always read verse 30. There's not another single uh, apostle or an account in the Scriptures where another man other than Jesus walked on the water but Peter. I've tried. <laughs> Have. Back when my wife and I first got married. I'm going to share just because it's so funny. Can I, I, can I do it? You, am I okay? Am I safe here? No. She said no. She said no. Hey, yeah, I know. Now they're all their curiosities peaked, and now I got to share. Okay, I'm not embarrassing anyone but myself, babe. So here we go. So I'm telling you, man. I mean, I mean, why don't we step out sometimes? And I'm like, you know, if G if I'm, I was at my, I live was when Joy and I first got married. We lived in this little rinky-dink apartment, and I'm praying and I'm seeking God and I want more of God. And I'm like, you know, if if Peter walked on water, why can't I? And so I fill up my bathtub. 
and I put my feet and it sunk to the bottom every single time. <laughs> hey, people do, hey, hey, you, I know there's some people that have done some more dumber stuff than that. Like I said, you know, Peter walked. I don't know, that's right, that's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't know what that would prove. I'm like standing on water by myself in my bathtub. I mean, <laughs> woo look at me, everyone. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, I had a small measure of faith. So, verse 30. But, but when he saw the winds, he was afraid, began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Do you know there's times that we will step out in faith? And sometimes we will, man. We'll mess up a little bit. And, and did Jesus let him drown? Nope. Friends, he's never going to let you drown. Immediately. Immediately. Reached out his hand, caught him up. <laughs> Again, I love his words of encouragement. You have little faith, he said. That's so funny because I'm like, how are you going to say to Jesus, you have little faith? He's the only, Peter's the only one who ever stepped out of the water. All the rest of them were in the boat. He didn't say, oh, y'all have little faith. Man, look at my buddy Peter. But, you know what I mean? Jesus, sometimes when Jesus says stuff, you're like, what, really? I mean, this guy had the most faith out of all of them. And now he's telling me he has little faith. So, why did you doubt? Right in the face of face of Jesus. Sometimes, man, sometimes we can be right in the face of God and still doubt. This is why the heart is deceitful, friends. This is why we need God to raise our hearts. We need our hearts to be led by Him. We need God to lead our hearts. We need Him to lead our hearts. Because our emotions are deceitful. Our, our feelings can be deceitful. We need God to raise our hearts for Him to lead them. So that He can lead us. And then, friends... We need Him to raise our hearts so that our desires become His desires. Number two, not only do we need Him to raise our hearts, but we need God to raise our lips. We need Him to raise our lips. Got some good and some bad ones here. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. This is what it says. It says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Say good. good. Say all good. Okay, but an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. As we would say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you see, these, both of these actually coincide, and I do have a few scriptures that coincide heart and mouth. They kind of go together. It's so fast how what's in our heart comes out our mouth. It's just... It's, it's so f weird. You know, I mean, I mean, sometimes we don't even think, you know, that's why you say you speak before thinking why. It's in your heart and you speak it out before you can think about it and before the Holy Spirit can tell you to shut your mouth. So before it does zoop and then zoop, it goes zoop. <laughs> you know, it needs, it needs the little filtration before popping out there. Okay? There's another scripture just like it, and I love what it says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 through 37. Because, man, this is, this is real tough. This is something that, that one of my life verses, and, it, and it, when I think about this word when I want to say stupid things. And this is, <laughs> amen? Uh, it says, when a tree good, when a tree good, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. So guess what? We're all called to be what? 
Fruitful, yeah. And then he goes on to say, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of good stored up in him. An evil man brings out evil things out of the evil sort of him. But I tell you, I like he adds this actual verse, verse 37. I tell you that everyone who has to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken, for by your words you'll be acquitted and by your words you'll be condemned. See, that word empty, for every empty words, another translation says for every careless word. It's one of my life verses that I, that I say, okay, I can't be saying careless words because, man, right there, that verse, that verse 37, by my words, I'm going to be acquitted or I'm going to be condemned. I'm good. I don't need to be condemned. I need, I need to be acquitted. And then, the, then the, this is the thing. We need our lips to praise. We need our lips to, to be lifted to God in praise. We need to raise our lips and speak words that edify and build up that do not condemn and destroy. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29, it says that we are to, it says don't let any unwholesome talk, say unwholesome talk, come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for what? Building up according, building up others, okay? Building up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. So he's saying, you know, don't let our words tear down and destroy. I don't care if you have a, if you feel like you have a word of correction for someone. Friends, read the scriptures on how we're supposed to do that. Because if you, if you bring a word of correction to someone and they feel destroyed or they feel condemned by it, then friends, you did it in the wrong spirit or that wasn't even, you weren't even supposed to do that. Because when you correct somebody, I don't know about you, but when the Lord corrects me, I feel, I feel built up. It may hurt for a minute, ouch, ooh, sting, but you know it's for the good. Only speak things that build up. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 10. I love how the Amplified says this. And this is what Paul is talking about, the authority that he has. It says, for this reason, I'm writing these things while absent from you, so that when I come, I do not need to deal severely with you in use of my authority, which the Lord has given me to be used, but building you up and not tearing you down. So he's saying, I'm going to use the, the authority that God has given me, not to beat you up and smack you around, but to build you up. And we, we understand this out of the mouth, we have what? We have the ability to speak what? Life or death. There's a whole lot of death going on and we need some more life. James chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. If you don't know James chapter 3, you got to get, get close to James. Get close to that James and then get close to this James. That dude's cool too. It says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings. Oh, who have been made in God's likeness. I read that and I'm like, oh, snap. Verse 10, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers and sisters. This should not be. It was one of the, one of the, first, one of the first prophetic words of correction that were ever given to me when I was first saved and I was working at FedEx and I met this guy. His name was Emmanuel. I've never seen him ever since. And living for God, and, and trying to do what's right, and this guy was an awesome brother, I mean, he came, he actually helped me memorize the first three scriptures that I've ever memorized, I still have them in memory today, I just want to encourage you, memorize the word of God, because man, you'll need that in those, in those fights, 
In those fights when this isn't available or, or for some reason your phone, you know, you can't find the right man when you have, met, when you have Scripture memorized, when the devil's throwing his, his little darts at you, you can just thwart him with the Word because that's the only way that's actually going to fight against him because it's the sword of the Spirit. And it's the exact same thing that Jesus did. And the devil even used the Word on Jesus and he had to use the Word back on him. Back to my story. So there were, so this guy, his name was Emmanuel, and so uh, we were talking, and so I was, we, we would unload trucks, and so I'd be doing my thing, and probably maybe a few times a week where he would jump, we'd jump in our trucks together, and we're unloading, and he'd start talking about God stuff, and I'm all encouraged by it and stuff, and, and helped me memorize some scripture, and he was filled with the Spirit, and I was baptized in the Spirit, and so we'd be in there, we'd be talking about God, and we'd be praising, and we'd be start praying in the Spirit and stuff, and so one day we were in there, and we're doing, we're talking all this other stuff. And these, and this, I don't know, anybody here ever worked at FedEx or UPS and, and deal with, with the, with the walls and stuff? You know, if they're, if the walls aren't secure, you know, you can get busted up pretty bad. So, so, uh, I was an unloader. So sometimes, man, you pull one box and it's like the whole wall comes down. And that's exactly what happened. I got busted upside of my head with these boxes. Bam, bam, bam. And man, I got mad. Anybody here like to get hit by stuff? Okay. If you do. Yeah, that's fun, I guess. But it's not fun for me. And I was mad. I was ranting and raving. I started kicking boxes, and I'm cussing and throwing a, throwing a, throwing a little baby tent, temper tantrum. And after I had my little hissy fit, and we get back to it, he said this, you know, really calmly. You know, he didn't say, man, you're a hypocrite. How, how can you talk about God and then start cussing? He said, Josh, he said, man, I, he's like, I don't understand how, you know, one minute we can be talking about God. And then you get hit in the head with a few boxes, and then you start cussing like a sailor. And this is what he said. That's the exact, I said, man, it's like one of the first corrective rebukes, prophetic. He said, out of the mouth come both praise and curses. My brothers should not be. And I'm telling you, it was like that, that was a milestone of me changing what came out of my mouth. Powerful. Sometimes we have those, sometimes we have those encounters. I'll never forget that. It's been over 18 years or about 18 years or whenever. That's in, It's incredible. Psalm 19, verse 14. This is another one of my verses of my life. I, oh, I'm like, yes, please. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my, my rock and my redeemer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Remember how I said sometimes they coincide with one another? This is another one of those verses. Because our words and our mouth, man, if we get those in alignment, we raise them to the Lord. We allow, we allow our hearts to be filled with Him, then friends, it will also help what comes out of here. And the psalmist even said, Lord, I know these two things can get me in a whole lot of trouble, and these are the two things that I want to raise to you that I need you to do. Let the, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. He didn't say in front of everyone else's sight. Don't let me look good in church, God. No, in your sight, God. And then he goes on, and he just reestablishes who God is to him. My Lord, my rock, and my redeemer. I love it. Love it, love it. Number three, here we go. You guys good? good. You still on the plane? Yep. Have you fallen asleep over the delay? All right, it was a little bit of a layover, but we're good. Number three, number two, not only do we need God to raise our hearts, number three, we need him to raise our lives. Say our lives. And I'm sure we've heard this before, and I'm going to continue saying it because it's fun. We've heard, do you, you know, you talk the talk, but do you walk the walk? Have you ever had somebody say that to you? 
<laughs> Have you ever had your spouse say that to you? <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe, maybe you've been, maybe you've been confronted with something like this because maybe you said you were going to do something and you didn't do it, or maybe you've been in a position where perhaps your mouth didn't align with what you do. And so, and it's 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 not even it's not even a godly phrase, but it definitely is a godly principle. Okay. If actions speak louder than words, then friends, then our testimony of what God has done in our lives is exemplified through our daily walk and not necessarily just what we say. The Bible says that we defeated him by what? By the blood of the Lamb and by what? The word of their testimony. But let me tell you this, friends. The word of your testimony isn't even necessarily what comes out of your mouth. The word of your testimony could be what comes out of other people's mouth about you. Not by what you say, but by what you do. James chapter 1, verse 22. Man, James has a way of just kind of smacking people around. We did a study on James. I think it was in the summer. Man, we were getting smacked around, weren't we, James? Yes. This is what he says. I mean, read the book of James. If you, if you feel like you want, you know, if you feel holy and you want to be more right with God, read the book of James. Because you'll realize you got a lot of work. Like, man, I'm doing great. Read James, you'll realize there's a lot still to work on. Verse 22 says this. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. And I like it. It's just plain. Say, say it plain. And it says, do what it says. Don't just be hearers of the word. Be doers, as another translation says. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, I love the amplified version of this, and this is what it says. It says, if we, and it's what I like the little clause, claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, moral courage, our conduct empowered by the Holy Spirit. Friends, our conduct is not empowered by our flesh, it's not empowered by ourself, our will, our emotions, it's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by Him. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 says this. It says, this is what Paul says. He says, God has called me heavenward. He said, I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying God is causing my life to be raised up. He's calling me up. Say, He's calling me up. up. Friends, He's calling you up today. Psalms chapter 40 and verse 2. I love this. He said this, He lifted me up out of the slimy pit. That's funny. Slimy. What, what picture do you get when you think of that? I think of, remember what were those old, there was like this old show where, where, where these people would get slimed all the time. Do you remember that? Was it Nickelodeon? I mean... Yeah, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, when I, when I read that, that's why I just pictured these, this green goo, like, all over people. I mean, just like, you know? So it says, I just think it's funny that, you know, that, that it's a slimy pit, you know? Because sometimes, man, it just, sometimes when you're in the pit and you, you feel slimed, you feel, ugh. Say this with me, say, ugh. Have you ever just felt, you, you don't even have a word to say, you just feel, ugh. <laughs> That just sounds funny. Blah. We just, that's what that is. Lifted me out of the blood. Lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire, and he set my feet on the rock and gave me a firm place to stand. 
So he doesn't just lift us up out of the pit and say, okay, this is some shifty sand. No, friends. And moreover, when he lifts us up out of the pit, friends, he washes us too. And he gave me a firm place to stand. Friends, God wants to raise us up. He wants to raise us up. I got one short little video that I want to share. And uh, I watched this. And this, this young man and this young woman, actually, they did a better job than the actual writer of the song. So the Lord wants to raise us up today. If you could turn your attention to the screen. And all my soul so weary When troubles come And my heart's burnt and be When I am still And wait here in his silence Until you come And sit a while with me
Psalm 8 verse 2 says, From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. God wants to raise us up today. Not only was Christ raised from the dead. Our series is about risen, being risen, Him being risen. We're going to hit that hard on, on Resurrection Sunday. But more than that, God wants to raise us up that, just like it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, that we too will have new life. Stand to your feet with me. He wants to raise us up today. Just like what I was talking about, that song talked about it, that we can walk on stormy seas. He wants to lift us up. What is it that you need to be lifted from today? What is it that you need to raise? Do you, know, do you need to raise the attitude of your heart this morning? Do you need to raise what comes out of your mouth this morning? Do you need to just raise everything? Let's just come before Him. God, we just come before You.